Now, OBJ's camp said that Beckham was asleep with a blanket over his head, which is why he was unresponsive. And you know what, Dan? Very comfortable way to take a nap. Just put the blanket right on your head, right? That's that's yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a nice. Well, think way. about how much that guy travels, man. Yeah, blanket really, on the head. Like he's all over the place. I'm sure he was exhausted. Yeah. I, what I found odd about that story, though, is that his attorney said that the um, the flight attendant didn't really try and wake him up to have him fasten a seatbelt. And I don't know if our listeners are frequent travelers, but the flight attendants are they they don't hesitate. They'll come after you. you. Up. They take yeah. pleasure in waking you up. So, OBJ watches officially on as the Giants are scheduled to meet with old friend Odell Beckham Jr., who was involved in a very bizarre story. Escorted off a plane because the flight attendants say he was unresponsive or refusing to buckle his seatbelt or whatever. We'll talk about OBJ watch and why are the Giants now underdogs at home against Washington? All that coming up next, but first and foremost, it's the Giants Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. It's Ryan O'Leary here, along with my good friend, Dan Benton. Dan's the managing editor of USA Today's Giants Wire. Dan, how was your long Thanksgiving weekend? I guess, how was Thanksgiving with the Giants, right? You were working on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was, turned out to be a long day. It's kind of what I was afraid of, unfortunately. The Giants turned out to be the turkeys, and uh, unfortunately, they couldn't pick up the W, sent home with the loss. In the blink of an eye, from seven and two to seven and four, which is you know what we talked about a few weeks ago, we're kind of afraid of that happening. Uh, I think what's more concerning is that the injuries aside, is they just didn't they just didn't really play well. They didn't really look like the Giants team that we had seen earlier in the season, and uh, there was plenty of reason to be concerned about that. Yeah, for sure. But they did give us a game that I don't think we really expected. Right, <laughs> for them to be leading thirteen seven at halftime, it was like. Yeah. What is going on here? They yeah, it looked yeah. great early, but boy, the, the wheels came off of it, that train really quick, man. It did, and there's a lot to get to on the show this week. I kind of want to start with that game. I know it was forever ago, uh, you know, especially, you know, if I had family in town, Dan, bouncing around to different places, hosting people. It's just like, that's it, Thanksgiving feels like a month ago now. It was just such a long week, uh, and this game feels like a while ago. Yeah, it does, but, does. Uh, but yeah, I mean... I don't know if you, you probably couldn't believe what you were seeing, Dan, in the first half, right? The, the Giants intercept a couple DAC passes, go into halftime up 13 to 7. And now I want to I talk about early in the second half, after the Cowboys scored, uh, did, do you think the Giants panicked on their first possession of the second half, right? The Cowboys come out, they go up 14 to 13. The Giants on their ensuing possession there come up short of the sticks on a third and six uh, pass to Saquon Barkley. Fourth and one at their own 45. And the Giants go for it. And I remember thinking in the moment, watching on TV, oh my God, they're going to lose the game on this play. <laughs> you know, I just thought it was, a, it was a, I did not like the decision. It just didn't sit right with me. I understand the aggressive mindset that Brian Dayball has has brought to the team. It's all, it all falls within that. It's per, fine. I get it. But at some point, Dayball, you're down by one, you're in the game. A lot of people probably didn't think you'd be down by one point in the third quarter. Like you're in it, you're at your own 45. You can punt and make Dallas go the length of the field and go play defense there, right? You don't have to go for it in your own end on fourth and one. Now the play was there, right? Jones was off on the pass. Saquon almost had it anyway. Like I, I get it. The play was there. They should have, they should have had it. But I still, I, it didn't sit right with me in the moment, Dan, that they went for it on fourth and one. I just thought it was a little too much that early in the, well, I know there was probably like, what, five minutes left in the third quarter or something, so it wasn't like a super early, but still, I just thought there was too much time left in a one-point game 
to be panicking and going forward on fourth down in your own territory. I just didn't sit right with me. I wanted to see what you felt about it. Well, their defense was mighty leaky. And I know they came up with those two interceptions. One of them, credit to Darius Williams, who made an absolutely ridiculous toe tapper. Yeah. But, you know, the bottom line is, is their their defense wasn't it wasn't stopping anything. And I, I kind of I think Dayball kind of looked at it like it's now or never for us. You know, we've got a we've got an opportunity here short, you know, one yard. You've got Jones, you've got Saquon, uh, make the play. Um, you know, unfortunately it didn't work out. Obviously, it ended up burning them. But I, but I kind of understand it, given how leaky their defense was. I mean, they weren't stopping anything. They weren't generating any pressure, really. Um, you know, outside of those two interceptions, it was pretty ugly. And I, I think Dayball kind of looked at it like he knew that Dallas was going to put some more points on the board and the Giants needed to to match that. If nothing else, at least get a field goal. Um, and, you know, you got to have faith in your, in your two best players offensively. And, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. I know a lot of people were critical of, Jones and, and 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 saying the throw was behind Saquon and it was I don't think you can argue that but you know if you watch the defensive view of that play um, Jones only had a tiny little lane to sneak that through he wasn't really going to be able to put it out in front of uh, Saquon if he tried to throw that pass it's just going to get batted down at the line so it's one of those situations where you know your two best players have to make the best play that they can and unfortunately they didn't and uh, yeah you're right that that turned the tide and ultimately cost them the game. Yeah, for sure. So you you don't think uh, you, you thought the Cowboys were going to explode for points in that second half, no matter what, Dan? Is basically what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, 100%. so whether yeah, they I mean, I, listen, if it wasn't for those two interceptions, the Giants would have gone in uh, halftime trailing twenty one to thirteen. So, yep. uh, you know, it just you know, and that's that's just a personnel numbers game. They didn't have the players on the field that you know they're used to having on the field. The injuries really decimated going into that game. The short week really hurt them. Um, you know. And, and you can only obviously you can only play with the personnel that you have. Uh, but, you know, when you're basically playing guys picked up off the street uh, against the Dallas Cowboys team, that's, you know, on fire right now, really, with the exception of one hiccup a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, you got to do the best that you can with the opportunities that you're given. And throughout the season, the Giants, at times, their best defense has been a good offense. And when I say a good offense, basically, I mean a, an offense that's controlling the clock. And that's something that they failed to do. Uh, against the Cowboys and and you know the Giants don't have you know a very wide margin for error in fact it's razor thin they have to essentially play perfect football in order to win because of the personnel issues that they have and even even with healthy guys coming back now that's that's still the case so I mean the fact that the Giants took the lead and were in that game at all um, is actually it's wild you know, a testament to the team and you know the fight that they have the coaches but you know like I said the wheels eventually came off um you know when when the margin for error is that thin. The personnel issues are that deep. Um, you know, things can get away from you really quick, and that's exactly what happened. And, and I think the aggressiveness on that fourth down was to tr- try and prevent that from happening. Yeah, no, that's that's good insight into probably what Dayball was thinking. It, it, that makes sense, Dan. It's just like, and I get it. it. That makes perfect sense. I mean, it's a one point game with over four. It was four over four minutes left in the third quarter. Yep. Uh, so it, it was getting towards the fourth quarter. So I, I get it. it. It does make sense, the, but you could play the game. The most frustrating part about that play actually isn't so much that, well, I mean, obviously the frustrating part is that they didn't convert, but you know, had, you know, the right tackle been able to keep his guy down uh, or, you know, you know, block him out of the picture there and, and create a larger lane. Um, it would have actually allowed Saquon not just to pick up the first down, but he could have turned the corner. There was no one there. He could have taken it the whole way. 
what a moment that would have been. <laughs> that would have been uh, amazing. So yeah, so I, I guess it's kind of flipped. We're now we're now leaning on the offense a little bit more than the defense, Dan, because of as you said, the personnel issues with the Giants. So this is flipped from uh, the beginning of the season when we were really leaning on the defense. Uh, so now it's the question is, do we have reinforcements coming for Daniel Jones? And when I say that, we're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. We got to get the latest on the Odell watch, right? He's coming to East Rutherford to visit the Giants this week, Thursday. I think he's staying for a couple days with the Giants. Uh, and and I guess the question now, Dan, is should the Giants still be in on OBJ after his uh, fiasco with American Airlines last week, which is just this really, really bizarre story, uh, which we can just recap really quick. I mean, I think people kind of probably know what happened. He was basically asked to leave the plane because... The uh, flight attendant Dan thought that he was uh, having a medical problem because he was not really responsive when they were asking him to uh, to put his seatbelt on. Now, OBJ's camp said that Beckham was asleep with a blanket over his head, which is why he was unresponsive. And you know what, Dan? Very comfortable way to take a nap. Just put the blanket right on your head, right? That's that's yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a nice. Well, think way. about how much that guy travels, man. Yeah, blanket on really, the head. He's all over the place. I'm sure he was exhausted. Yeah. I, what I found odd about that story, though, is that his attorney said that the um, the flight attendant didn't really try and wake him up to have him fasten a seatbelt. And I don't know if our listeners are frequent travelers, but the flight attendants are they they don't hesitate. They'll come after you. you. Up. They take yeah. pleasure in waking you up. So, sir, 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 that. you know what I mean? Like, I can just picture that, like, they just right in his ear, sir. Like, they, of course, they were trying to wake him up. Come on. Yeah. So there's some disingenuous going, something disingenuous going on back and forth here. It's it's very awkward. I tend to believe the petty, flight attendants. Yeah. It, does, but, it does seem petty, really. And I, I, I saw the video of Odell, you know, being escorted out. He didn't seem like he was having any kind of medical emergency. He seemed perfectly fine. I don't necessarily believe that they didn't try and wake him up. So I think the lines of communication were, were crossed somewhere. And then it became a, you know, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a pissing contest, if you were. I don't know <laughs> right. if I can <laughs> say that on no, the show. But, that's fine. Let's go with you it. Know, that, that's essentially what it became. And, um, you know, you're never going to win against the airline. Uh, when you make them angry, you, you you anger one of those flight attendants and they're going to wreck your day. Yeah. And they deboarded de- the entire plane. They escorted Odell off the plane. And yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, Dan, right? It's like, okay, so it's not a medical emergency. I was sleeping. Let me buckle my seatbelt and we can be on our way. So why, yeah, that's, why that's not the buckle other the part seatbelt? of this that I don't understand? Yeah. Well, even if you, you know, assume what they say is true and they couldn't wake him up when he did finally wake up and said, all right, I'll buckle my seatbelt. Exactly. You didn't need to deboard the whole plane. That's not necessary well, he, at all. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't buckle it, right? It wasn't that the problem. He refused well, to buckle the seatbelt. Well, that's what they belt. claim. He, yeah. he he claims his side claims that they were perfectly willing to. He didn't see him unruly when he was being escorted out. No, he didn't see him mad. It's just he, you know what a bizarre situation, right? It is. A, it's it, you know it's just unfortunately for Odell, it's just one of those Odell things. Like this kind of nonsense just seems to find this guy. You know, it just constantly throughout his career, and just when you think that he's finally put all that stuff in the past. He's coming back to visit the Giants, and then boom, here's that nonsense that he dealt with his entire career in New York, right back on him. It's unbelievable. So should this change Joe Shane's uh, you know, opinion on OBJ? Should this do anything to affect the potential reunion with OBJ? Dan, does this give you pause at all? Well, I'm or sure, is it, is, I'm is sure it, it non-story? a lot of Giants fans pause. We're like, here we go again. 
but no, I don't think it's significant enough of an issue to make any big deal about it. You know, it's just, it's a weird event. Um, there was no citation. There was no charges. There was no medical problem. I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's a stupid, weird, little crazy story, but I don't think it should, you know, give the Giants pause. I don't think they should pull back at all. They need, you know, they need that top and wide receiver. By all, you know, by all accounts, Odell has turned a corner as far as his maturity and growth goes. I don't think that this one strange incident that, you know, both sides tell a story drastically different than the other one. And the reality probably lies somewhere in the middle. And if that's the case, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. They got to sign him, Dan, because the content for Giants Wire with OBJ back is just going to be <laughs> perfect. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. When that thing happened on the airplane, I, my <laughs> oh man, my thought as a writer was like, nope, <laughs> yeah. nope, I don't, I nope, I don't want this. I don't want to deal with this. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, sure. you're right though. The content with Odell, it's just, it's always bonkers because, it, you know, with the spotlight on you like it is in New York, like that kind of stuff finds you. And Odell is just a lightning rod like I've never seen before. So, you know, from from a, a traffic standpoint, content traffic standpoint, that's it's terrific. Odell is is. <laughs> content is king and, and Odell is is golden as can be is the golden goose but from you know a time standpoint and an exhaustion standpoint and a mental standpoint it's like nope don't want any part of that no thank you Odell just buckle your seatbelt and <laughs> come to the Giants we need help um, okay so uh, we're going to talk about who the Giants could be getting back uh, there was a story on Giants Wire about Xavier McKinney saying that he expects to return this season we'll get to that here coming up but first we got to we got to give a, a shout out to our guy, Eli Petty, uh, our favorite, probably most underappreciated giant, Dan. We, we always found a, a reason to talk up Eli Petty because it just seemed like in his limited snaps and his limited opportunities, good things always happened always. when Eli Petty always. had the ball. He has retired, Dan. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes to talk about Eli Petty, who is your guy. Yeah, yeah. Eli, listen, I think anybody who plays really close attention to the game uh, and I don't mean just watching clips or watching the game casually. I think anybody who pays close attention to the game knew that Eli Penny, you know, he brought a lot of value to what was a very bad team during those years, uh, especially, you know, during the time Joe Judge was head coach. The team was just an absolute mess. But anytime Penny was on the field, it seemed like something positive happened. Um, I, th I think as an undrafted rookie free agent, he came into the league. He was overlooked. Uh, you know, the Cardinals were quick to let him go. He was overlooked there. The, the poor guy never made it to the playoffs, never had a playoff win. Um, I don't think he ever had a winning season in the NFL. So, you know, his career is going to get washed over, unfortunately, and I don't necessarily think it should. Uh, granted, maybe it was a little bit more short-lived than it should have been, but the fullback was a dying breed in the NFL anyway. It just seemed like it was destined to go in a different direction, and that's just unfortunate timing for him. But overall, I thought he had a, a good, solid, productive career. He was impressive in a number of ways. You know, as a fullback, he never dropped the pass. He never even fumbled the ball, let alone lost a fumble. And, and like I said, and like you said, it just seemed like when he was on the field, good things happened. He found a way to make good things happen. Uh, we were always very supportive of, of Eli. He knew that. You know, he knew that. He was well aware that Giants Wire was a big fan of him. And uh, it was cool. You know, we got to give him a shout out after his retirement, and he gave us a shout back. So, it, you know, it's it's kind of stinks that, you know, he'll he'll be a largely forgotten player. But I thought he had a very solid and underrated career, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, and he was a uh, a big special teams guy too, right? Just all yeah, the little stuff. Yeah, player, all the yeah. little stuff that you don't like maybe notice just casually watching. Mm -hmm. That if you're if you're somebody who breaks down the the all twenty two, 
like you probably do, Dan. I don't, but uh, you probably do that. You probably notice things more than the, maybe the casual fans will will see with the Eli Petty. But yeah, yeah, it was cool to get the shout out. Uh, you shouted him out on Twitter. They sh- he shouted us back, and uh, we're, we're we might have to try to get him on the program. Yeah, at some do. point. I yeah, think we will. Maybe yeah. if the the Giants actually make a playoff berth here, if they could actually get in. We could have Eli Petty come on and we could talk about the Giants in their playoff matchup. Yeah. So we can get some Joe Judge stories. Huh? I'd be curious. Oh, to my get gosh. Some, That'd some be of that from the inside. Please. please. I, again, we've been looking for an excuse to, to bring back some of that old Joe Judge sound. <laughs> it might be an offseason exercise for us. But, yeah, no, uh, that could be perfect. Uh, yeah, no, that would be, man, that would be some fun stuff. Are the Giants going to get that playoff berth, right? It looked really good uh, early in the season when they were 7-2, and two, obviously. Uh, but now they're, you know, they've, it's gone a different direction. They got to stop the bleeding here, Dan. It's a kind of an interesting, not so easy division matchup with Washington, which is kind of on the come up, right? So we're going to break down this game, Giants, Washington, right after this. But first, some fantasy advice from the huddle.com. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini here with TheHuddle.com to bring you strong plays for week number 13. Quarterback Mike White at Minnesota Vikings. White took over for Zach Wilson last week and proved to be the right decision with 315 yards and three touchdown strikes. On the year, Minnesota ranks as the fourth weakest defense versus quarterbacks, and six managed 23-plus fantasy points against Minnesota. Five quarterbacks have thrown multiple touchdown passes versus this defense, and they've all come in the last six weeks. As the Jets look to keep pace, White likely will be asked to throw all day long in this one. Seattle Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker at Los Angeles Rams. Walker's two-touchdown showing versus the Raiders was overshadowed by a career day from Josh Jacobs. The rookie back has averaged fewer than two yards per carry in consecutive games, however. Against the Rams, running backs have averaged the eighth-fewest rushing yards per game, but the eighth-highest scoring frequency on the ground since Week 7. Don't be scared off by the name value of the Rams' defense. It's a stellar matchup for aerial success, too, which ups Walker's value just a nudge. New England Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers versus the Buffalo Bills. Myers has no more than 62 yards in any of the last six contests, and he hasn't scored in three straight. Mr. Consistent has exactly 9.2 or 9.4 PPR points in three straight games, though. That's a pretty nice floor. Buffalo has given up huge numbers to the position of late, and we've seen seven wideouts go for double-digit PPR returns since Week 7. All but one were good for 16-plus PPR points, and this matchup is 47% better than average over the last three games. Myers should be a strong, PPR wide receiver three. Los Angeles Chargers tight end Gerald Everett versus the Las Vegas Raiders. After missing a week with a groin injury, Everett returned to catch all four of his targets, but he managed a laughable 18 total yards. He hasn't scored six straight games, but is a pretty good play against a Raiders defense that has given up neutral stats for receptions and yardage in the last five weeks. On the year, this is a top seven matchup in PPR scoring, and Everett contributed three catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown in the week one contest. And that's the aim here. Gamble on him for a touchdown. He's a pretty decent play overall. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 
All right, we're back. It's that time of the show where we uh, unleash the great Danton. He tells us who to pick uh, for all of us that are out there, sports gambling on our phones, right? The great Danton tells us basically exactly how it's going to go. And although, Dan, you did pick the Cowboys to cover that nine and a half last week, you did warn us that the backdoor cover was going to be in play, right? You did think that the Cowboys would be up by a couple scores. The Giants could could sneak in a score. So you did warn us about that. So I don't know. The Giants scored with what, like like one second left or something right at the end? Last play of the game, they scored to uh, to get the backdoor cover there and lose by eight, right? So should we even count that against your record? That that one seems a little fluky to me. Uh, you know, hey, what what is that? What is the saying that Bill Parcells, you are, you are what your record says you are? So I got that one wrong. So yeah. you, you got to take right. the L. Got to take the scoreboard uh, on that. Got to take the scoreboard. That's what it is. Scored with eight seconds left. You know what? Damn Giants. Come on, Dayball. You know, if you're going to do that, just get the fourth and one play, hit, hit that thing, go score, and go win the game. You know, go go put the Cowboys on their heels and win the game if we're going to get it wrong. Don't backdoor cover us. But yeah, so that one was annoying. But Dan, I think in sports betting, as long as you're over 50, you know, if you're 51 or 52% or better, that that means you're doing well in sports betting. And you're definitely over 52% uh, in the three years doing this. So now we got to get your pick. For the Giants against the, as I think Mike Francesa recently called them on uh, his his radio show or podcast, the Washington Commodores. I don't think he meant to say that, but he called them the Washington oh, Commodores. <laughs> I heard that was kind of funny. I was dying. When I, heard that. I didn't. I didn't hear that. That's no, funny. Actually. No, nobody can figure out what the nickname is of Washington. I think it's the Commanders now, Dan. The I, Washington- I, I was just saying that to you in the break. I can't. I can't stand calling the Washington Commanders. I'd rather just call them the Washington Football Team. I like the football team. It was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. Uh, so the Washington Football Team versus the Giants. Washington is somehow seven to five. So if they win this game, they're now like ahead of the Giants. It's like what? Where, where did this come from? Washington started the season so bad. The Giants started the season so hot, uh, but they're basically right in the same spot. Right? Washington seven and five. Giants seven and four. The spread, we get our odds from Tipico. The spread is Giants two-point underdogs at home in this ballgame. And before we get your pick, Dan, you did mention earlier in the show that some players are on their way back, right? We're going to be getting some guys back. Giants obviously have been littered with injuries. The short week last week with Thanksgiving did not help. So they were down a lot of bodies against the Cowboys. But we could be getting some guys back, right? Give us an update on who you think could be back in the lineup to help the Giants this week. Yeah, actually, I'm amazed. I didn't realize that this that the spread had flipped because the Giants opened as favorites. Yeah, so they're they're two point dogs at wow. home. They're getting they're getting not, two I, points. I am learning that on at this moment. I let me did not let me check other that. books here really quick. But go ahead. Wow, when did that change? I don't know when that changed. But while you check that, yeah, the Giants are actually getting healthy finally. You know, after the short week, they had an extended ten day period where they could get some guys back. Uh, they designated several to return from injured reserve, including Aziz Ojolari and Ben Bredesen. Uh, those are two key getbacks. Uh, you know, uh, Fabian Moreau looks like he's coming back. There's several other guys that are on the mend as well. Daniel Bellinger could put, uh, potentially play on Sunday. It looks like he's going to. That's that's you know that's huge for the Giants. Uh, he was playing so well before his eye injury, and you know they've really been lacking at the tight end position in his absence. Uh, Evan Neal. Looks like he'll be returning to start at right tackle. He had started to play well before his injury, uh, not you know not great, but well enough. Certainly better than his replacements have played in the absence. So, you know, the Giants could get as many as seven starters back this weekend against Washington, which is huge because of 
all the aforementioned personnel issues that we have been talking about. Um, so, you know, that bodes well for the Giants, which also makes the spread change that much more, you know, kind of eyebrow raising because the Giants are getting healthy at, you know, the healthiest they've been potentially all season. And with Nick Gates back and some of the other, you know, offensive linemen back, um, they have the potential to put together their most consistent and best offensive line group of the entire year. That allows them to potentially, you know, elevate Landon Collins from the practice squad, which beefs up their secondary and linebackers. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little curious as to why the spread changed like that, honestly. Yeah, money must be coming in on Washington because I'm looking at other books. I'm not going to mention them because they're not sponsors, Dan. Can't, can't give away free uh, free advertising here for the other sports books. But, yeah, I'm seeing, the, I'm seeing Washington as high as a two-and-a-half-point favorite on other wow. books. So there, there must be money coming in on Washington. Yeah, that's uh, quite the swing. And, you know, I, I feel like you just gave us a clue on where you're going with this game, but we're going to get your official pick here in a minute. Maybe a blue. I'm I'm, I'm picturing the blue blues clues uh, paw print. Uh, I have the one year old blues clues is on all the time. So sorry guys, but yeah, as you were saying that, I, I'm like, ooh, blues clues. I'm like, no, no, oh, it's so corny. Oh, I got to get these kids, these kids cartoons out of my head, Dan. Oh my god, it's so brutal. Uh, so one guy though that's not coming back this this week is uh, Xavier McKinney, but he did say that he expects to return, Dan. So let's before we get your pick, let's just update this thing. Uh, McKinney says he does expect to return. That's kind of following the narrative uh, since the bye week, right? He's kind of he's never said that he was going to be out for the season. He's always said that he's had hope at least to come back, right? Although th- some of the reporting was you know stated otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but there are some reporting around his hand injury that's come out. Uh, different reports that has basically it sounds like this is a, a he basically smashed his hand right with yeah. the, on this accident. It, it was everything that we speculated. It was. Yeah. Like, you know, because Pat Leonard of the Daily News give him the credit on the report. Um, you know, he got a look at McKinney's hand. He finally had that bubble cast or whatever. You know, it was strange. It wasn't even like a cast. I'm not even sure what it was that he had on his hand. Uh, but he got the first look at McKinney's hand. And let's just say it's a mess. It's It doesn't sound good. It sounds every bit as extreme as we speculated that it was. Um, it's severely swollen, as Leonard reported. Um, it's got stabilizing pins under his knuckles, which tells me he did more than break his fingers, which was what they tried to claim, um, you know, what was it, just a few weeks ago now that they were saying that, you know, he broke two fingers. It, it definitely sounds like, and judging by everything Leonard reported, it sounds like he broke his entire hand. Um, you know, the stabilizing pins are what's going to prevent him from being able to put the cast on and and basically just club up and go out there and play. But even in the event that he has those removed, if that swelling doesn't go down, there's no possible way that he's returning until that happens. And, you know, the time, you know, the clock is ticking at this point. And judging by the current state of his hand, I find it hard to believe that he's going to be able to come back this season. Same because of these pins that are in his hand. It's not like you can just wrap it up, Dan, and play, right? Because you talked about, you know, when it first happened, we're like, can you club it up? Can you put the club on there and play? Doesn't sound like that's an option. No, no, no. I mean, listen, when you've got stabilizing pins under each of your knuckles, that's a, that's a serious, serious injury. Doesn't so, sound good. No. For, and for and given the player. amount of swelling that he's currently dealing with, too, you know, his his fingers probably haven't moved from the position that they're in since the injury, since the surgery itself. So even if, even if everything went right, he had those pins removed, um, you know, he had the swelling go down. Is he going to have enough time to rehab that hand and get the strength back, the grip strength back, everything else uh, that's necessary, assuming that everything else goes perfectly? I, I just think at this point, you know, th- they're kind of up against it. Listen, if the Giants make the playoffs, 
maybe, maybe he'll have a chance to come back. But, you know, again, based on what Pat Leonard reported, I, I just, I don't see a scenario in which he can get back in time. Yeah, feels doubtful at this time. So there's the update on McKinney. And now let's get, let's go back to the great Danton. So Dan, I think you prepared for this pick thinking the Giants were favored, right? Is that what I'm hearing? I didn't realize, I didn't realize so, that. So the, the line is uh, flipped now. I, I don't know what it opened as, but I'm just looking at the books right now. Um, Typico has the Giants as two-point home underdogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm seeing them at two and a half on other books, but we'll go with Typico. So Giants favored by, t- uh, f- sorry, underdogs by two points at home against these commanders. What do you think? Well, like I said, I'm shocked that that the line switched like yeah, that. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. Uh, yeah, I'm picking the Giants outright. I don't think you know. I don't think it's going to be a dominant win by any stretch of the imagination. But I think with all the players that the Giants are getting back, and the reality that this is a must-win game for them. Um, you know, if they lose this game, their playoff odds drop to 29%. They win this game, they're up to 73%. I'm sure they realize that this team hasn't played a meaningful December football game really since 2016 we can argue about that horrible year you know in the nfc where everybody was in it until the end yeah the reality is is they have not played a meaningful december football game since 2006 and before that 2011 so this is rarefied territory and it's something that head coach brian dayball has made abundantly clear to this team this week Um, there aren't a lot of teams in the nfl that even have that opportunity the giants certainly haven't had that opportunity in a long time so you know, as he said, basically, quote unquote, the season starts now. This is the most important game the Giants have played all season. And, you know, it's it's a must win. That's just all there is to it. So the playoffs start for the Giants now. And I think they're going to come out with that mindset. There's been no head hanging, you know, amid this, you know, skid that they're on right now where they're one and three in their last four. Um, but I think the key, like I said, is, is going to be all those players coming back because it's going to be able to create – different opportunities on both offense and defense. It'll, it'll help boost the special teams, which have been an unmitigated disaster this season, really through no fault of Thomas McGahee, who I think is a great coach. I think it's all personnel issues, um, you know, and untimely illnesses like with Graham Gano missing two, you know, extra points. Like when does that happen? Like that's kind of crazy fluky kind of stuff that they've been dealing with. So getting all these players back is going to strengthen their roster considerably. Uh, Aziz Ojolari alongside Kayvon Thibodeau, who's really getting hot right now, should help create some organic pressure so the Giants aren't going to have to blitz as much. That allows them to double cover someone like Terry McLaurin, take away that deep threat. Um, you know, offensively, you know, they get some of those guys back along the offensive line, some continuity, some familiarity. You know, maybe they can start, you know, creating those run lanes again now that they got their good run blockers back. It's the Quan going again. I think it all kind of works in their favor. And then, you know, perhaps most importantly of all, there's no team that Daniel Jones has performed better against in his entire career than Washington. I mean, he's consistently quality against Washington. And, you know, he knows he's playing for his job, his career at this point, too. So it's not just the playoffs. So he has an opportunity to go out there and make a statement. And he's a fierce competitor. You know, no matter what you feel about Daniel Jones, he's a fierce competitor. So I I think the stars are just kind of aligning for the Giants in this one. The fact that they're home should benefit them, too, because MetLife Stadium has been absolutely electric this year. They're wearing their legacy uniforms, which gets everybody amped up, um, you know, and eventually Washington has to fall back down to earth. Um, so, you know, they're going to have the advantage in the second game because, you know, they got a bye week and then they go right back to the Giants. So all they've got for three weeks is the Giants. Um, but going into it, the Giants had 10 days to prepare for this when they're healthy. Uh, I think they come away 24-20. 
All right, there it is. So Dan, he doesn't even need the points. He's just going to take the money line. So the money line is plus 120. Uh, or you could, you know, take those two points if, you, if you'd like. Either one is in play here. I think some great points there. The fact that this is a real December football game. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to believe that. It, yeah, it is. It's going to be December 1st when this podcast drops. And it's gonna, we're going to be in December when this, when this game kicks off, Dan. It's like, wow, we're, we're here. <laughs> this yeah. is, it's as Dayball told the guys, right? This is the season. After Thanksgiving, this is where teams show their true colors. And yeah. so are, are we a team that's going to go play, go play in the playoffs this year? Or are we a team that's going to fade out? And maybe we'll learn a lot of that in this game. Yeah, mini bye week. You know, coming off the Thursday game, uh, that definitely helps. Big that ball helps game, yeah, yeah. Big ball game at home, seven and five Washington, seven and four Giants. Like you said, it's a real game in December with playoff implications. The crowd should be into it. Yeah, they're going to be wild. I, I like it. Tell you, I like this pick. Absolutely bonkers. I feel this pick. Sometimes I'm like, "Ooh, Dan, are you sure?" And I'm I'm usually wrong when I do that. Uh, <laughs> I I like this pick a lot. Why are we getting points? What what are, what are we missing here? Are we missing anything with Washington? Like, what? it's Taylor. Uh, maybe Heineke. maybe I got to go back and look yeah. at it now. Now I'm wondering if I read the spread wrong when when it opened. It, <laughs> like, did I misread it? Like, it's possible. You, you got to look at that little plus sign, Dan. That plus and minus yeah. sign. It can get you. Uh, but no, <laughs> but maybe we misread it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know what? The same thing happened to my Steelers guy. He 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 thought the Steelers were favored last week, but they were actually underdogs. So maybe you guys are just looking at the wrong sheet or something, or maybe they're sending you bad information. I don't know, Dan. I'll have to, I'm going to do some investigative uh, investigating into that. But yeah, the Giants getting two points. I have no idea why. It's the Commanders. It's freaking Taylor Heineke. They're not that hey, scary. I don't, I'm not going to discredit Heineke too much. You like Heineke, some, huh? some dudes are just winners, and yeah. that guy just seems to be a winner. Unfortunately, it's not Carson Wentz for them. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I like know. the Giants I'm disappointed. even better. Yeah. I think all the Giants are disappointed about I'd, that. I'd like, I'd like the Giants even more if it was Carson Wentz on the oh, other side. Oh, I'd, I'd be super confident if it was Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I think, you know, the fight the Giants showed against the Cowboys, that was pretty good, right? Like, come on. We didn't think they were going to win that game. And they were winning at halftime by almost a touchdown. Like that was freaking ridiculous. Like it was crazy. Yeah, but I, I still, yeah. I, I yeah. think their defense was. It was hollow. It was yeah, it might have been hollow, but still, like that was wild. Like the cow, <laughs> that Cowboys game. Like the Giants showed some fight with, with barely, you know, barely any personnel. They were just like plugging and plugging and playing whatever they could find, right? Whatever bodies they could find on the practice squad, whatever. They went out there. They fought. They they played pretty yeah. well. So let's see. Get a little healthier. Coming off the you know the mini buy, like we said, at home against Washington, go play a good football game. Get to eight and four. Now you're in the playoff on again. So uh, I like. And it, I'll Dan. tell you what, if Darius Williams keeps playing as well as he has been playing, yeah, no doubt with Adoree Jackson out, that's that's huge for the Giants. That's that's especially with Fabian Moreau coming back. That that's big time. So let's hope he can keep that up. All right, so Dan, what's uh, what are you working on for Giants Wire going forward here until kickoff? Is it? Oh man, it's going to be the Odell watch. Oh, okay, good. I, I'll be, I'll gonna, be there's no to, other way I'll around. Be glued it. to my this computer. The then. It's going to be. Yeah, you know, it's going to be twenty four seven. All the reporting off a of Thursday, probably. right? Yeah, all the reporting off a of Thursday's visit. Yeah, Thursday into Friday. So, okay. you know, who knows? I'm I'm curious to see and hear how this goes. Um, I'm sure Giants fans are as well, whether you want Odell back or not. Um, you know, Jerry Jones is going to throw everything he's got at Odell, uh, but Odell's heart's in New York. So if, if Joe Shane and, and Brian Dayball can, you know, express their personality out there, you know, express their personality, get to know Beckham out there, uh, you know, I think that could that could ultimately be what, you know, the decision comes down to. 
Um, the other, the other, the advantage the Giants have there too is, and Jerry Jones doesn't even shy away from this. They're going for it all now, yeah, because they're going to fall off a cliff next year Definitely. in terms of salary cap. So yes. if they don't win now, it's over with. And Odell, you know, he's talking about how he wants to have a multi-year deal for you know a competing team. So does he really want to sacrifice what he wants for a one-year, you know, situation where you're basically gambling and going for it? Or do you want to go with a team like the Giants who are headed in the opposite direction, where they're going to be great in terms of salary cap? They're obviously building something. They've got a new coach and GM who the players love and believe in. They're you know a good drafting team. Um, the Giants and Cowboys are sort of at an intersection right now. So, you know, if, if Shane and Dayball can can sell themselves to to Odell, I, I think they have a better shot than most people realize. Yeah, I mean, for the Giants, it makes sense to give him multiple years, right? But if Absolutely. I'm like, if I'm the Bills, like, I'm not giving Odell Beckham multiple years. I'm trying to convince him to come on a, you know, half a year, you know, team friendly contract and try to win a Super Bowl right now, right? So it's different, different vibes. Yeah, different vibes. Yeah, different vibes, right? Different vibes with different teams. Like the Giants, I could see them talking about multiple years. The the Cowboys, the Bills, are they really going to give him multiple years and, and real money? I don't know. Maybe Jerry Jones would. Jerry Jones uh, is crazy. So he <laughs> might, but. You know, again, you got to, if you're Odell, you got to look at that. Like, do I really want to go to a team that has a, a one shot chance to win the Super Bowl? And then, boom, we're back into rebuilding mode. Yep. Yep. So I think the best. Is that really what you want? I don't think that's what he wants. Right. Right. So I think, uh, I think the best long term situation for Odell is probably the Giants. Yeah. Best and he short-term? has his chance at the Super Bowl in that scenario. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Why not? We're not going to stop no, talking I mean, about sir, it. It may not be as, as great of chance as, you know, Dallas and the Bills have this year. Um, but, you know, the Giants, to, even to the most casual eye, are headed in the right direction. And Definitely. it's not going to be that long before they're Super Bowl contenders again. And not at this pace anyway. Yeah, could be a playoff team. A win this week against Washington would go a long way. I, I do think the best short-term situation would be the Bills because they are, they are just like a red zone target away. You know, they they just improving in the red zone away from just being getting back to being dominant again. The Bills, Josh Allen and that team, they've struggled in the red zone. Odell Beckham is such a weapon in the red zone. It's kind of how the yeah. Rams used him last year. So I can see the fit with the Bills, too. But yeah, that so there it is. Like which team can sell him, right? Short Bills probably looking for a one year thing. Giants, maybe multiple years, which Odell says he wants. Cowboys, who the hell knows? They're the wild card. So uh, it's going to be really Jerry fun. Jerry Jones is going to throw some stupid amount of money at him, I'm sure. Of Which it. is crazy. He because... may even, yeah, he may even offer him some kind of long-term deal with, with stupid money. But, you know, Odell, you know, he's been very clear about what it is that he wants. And, yeah. And, you know, that may meet a portion of what he wants. But I don't think at this stage of his career where he is potentially entering, you know, the twilight of it, that he wants to go for a one-shot team that then goes into rebuilding mode. And, you know, and, and listen, if Dallas does go into rebuilding mode, which is, is almost guaranteed given the salary cap situation they're dealing with, you know, is Mike McCarthy long for this world there? Probably not. So you're, you're looking at a potential regime change as well. So there, there's a lot of baggage that, that Dallas is going to bring along on this ride that people are not talking about. So I, I think Odell, that's definitely going to weigh on Odell's decision. And it's just, it's fascinating. Well, maybe not fascinating. Maybe that's not the right word. But the Cowboys are in this position where they want to maybe, you know, potentially throw some money at Odell Beckham. Because, Dan, in the offseason, they traded Amari Cooper for like a late round draft pick just to get rid of yeah. his salary. So go figure that. They had one of the yeah. best receivers in football. He had a bad contract. I think it was like $20 million. So they got rid of him. 
And now they're begging Odell Beckham to come and, hey, we'll pay you. You know, it's like, that's just weird. He just could have kept Amari Cooper. Yeah. What <laughs> yeah. I love is, is Jerry Jones. I don't want to call it arrogance, but let's be honest. It's, it's, arrogance. it's he's, he's so certain that, that the Giants can't compete with him in terms of, you know, the pitch to Odell. It reminds me so much of his, um, you know, him in the playoffs against the Giants back in the day when he bought his team, you know, their plane tickets to the NFC championship yes. game. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jerry Jones just has that way about him. He's always so sure that things are going to go his way, yet they rarely do. He is a special, special character, Jerry Jones. He is. He's a very special character, and we'll leave it at that. So, oh god. So I'll be I'll be glued to uh, your Twitter account, Giants Wire Twitter, Giants Wire. Got to get the latest on Hotel Back and Watch. That's going to be going on throughout the week, and then we have a real ball game on Sunday. Yeah, the yeah. Giants against the Commodores, as Francesca would say, the <laughs> Commodores. Got to win that ball game. It's going to be a big one. Must win. Back the Giants at plus two or hit the money line. We both like the Giants as dogs at home. Still can't figure out what's going on with that line. I think this is a pretty evenly matched game. Maybe kind of a coin flip type of game. Division game. But Giants might have a slight edge at home, right? So, and coming I, off the bye. I, I so. think that and getting this guy's back healthy. is yep. It's a big one for them, yeah. There it is. So, for Dan Benton, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll catch you next week to break this one all down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.